Welcome to Books and Sound. I'm your host, Don Beavers, and this episode contains a digitally remastered theatrical presentation of one of the great works of literature. Please remember to subscribe so that you can enjoy new episodes as they are released. This podcast is provided free and offered without commercial interruption. If you enjoy the episode, please leave us a positive review so that we can grow the podcast. Enjoy. I'm Tom Bosley, and today we're going to have a time of our lives. Sort of adventure, sort of magical, sort of make-believe. We're going to bring you three of the best fairy tales ever written by the great Hans Christian Andersen. Hans was born in the slums of Denmark. His father was a poor shoemaker. His mother could hardly read or write. These beginnings always remained with Hans. He never lost sight of the world of poor children. One of the reasons he invented for us such marvelous tales. Our adventure story, Three Tales of Hans Anderson, was adapted for the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater by G. Frederick Lewis. I'll be back in a minute with The Ugly Duckling, the first story. We begin with The Ugly Duckling. Imagine it's summer. The wheat is golden and the oats still green. The hay is stacked in the meadows. There are woods and lakes, and in the sunniest spot stands an old mansion with a moat around it. The leaves grow high around the moat, and hidden among the leaves sits Mrs. Duck on her nest. She's getting a little tired of sitting. None of her eggs have hatched yet. And from time to time, friends and neighbors paddle by or waddle up beside her and say... Mrs. Duck, are you sure you're sitting on eggs, not some white stones? I know an egg from a stone, Sister Duck. Besides, I don't have anything else to do today, and I like hatching. Well, Sister Duck, not bad for an afternoon sit, hmm? Well, you got one big egg left. Oh, so I have... Well, he may take a little longer. (laughs) I'll make myself comfortable. How do you know it's not a turkey egg? What would a turkey egg be doing in a duck's nest? (laughs) What a silly question. I say you're sitting on a turkey egg. Don't say I didn't warn you. If you can't see as far as the end of your beak, there's nothing I can do. Well, goodbye, Mrs. Duck. Keep hatching. Bye, Sister Duck. Turkey egg. How silly. It's going to be the most beautiful big drake there ever was. I always wanted a boy. I wasn't a boy. I wasn't a drake. I don't know what I was. The only thing everybody agreed on was I was ugly. Nobody liked an ugly duck. My mother said, All right, children, we're all going in for a swim. Go on. One, two, three, you two, four. I was number four. I was last. 
I'm swimming. Look, Ma. Very good. Very good, all of you. Now stay close together. Hello, Sister Duck. Well, we meet again, Mrs. Duck. Look at the big gray one, Sister Duck. Did you ever see a turkey swim like that? That big ugly thing? All right, children. Time to come in. Come along. You too, ugly. You don't mind if I call you ugly. What could I say? She was my mother. Because I think ugly is beautiful. Now gather round. I want you all to come with me, and we shall go out into the big world. First of all, we'll visit the duckyard. It was quite terrifying. I never saw so many flying things and pecking things and strutting things in all my board day. Use your legs properly and one day you'll be able to waddle like I do. Slowly. You won't have to keep running around the way most ducklings do. And keep up the quacking so everyone will know you're happy to be a duck. I could waddle pretty good. But it was a long time before I got the knack of how to quack. That was the way my life began. My first day. Well, things didn't get better. Not at the end of the first week or at the end of the first month. Every day, the hens and the roosters and the turkeys and the pigeons and the sparrows and everybody ganged up on me every day. It was cluck, cluck, gobble, gobble, cheap, cheap. They bit me, they scratched me, they picked at me. It was horrible. Even my own little sisters. Finally, it even got too much for my mother. Oh, I wish to goodness he was miles away. So, of course, I went. I figured I couldn't be any more unhappy any other place in the world. So I stretched my wings as far as they would go, and I tried to fly. It was a bumpy flight. Well... After a while, I came to a great marsh where the wild ducks lived. I spent the night alone, my head under my wing, whacking myself to sleep. In the morning, the wild ducks flew up to give me the once-over. And the next day, three geese showed up. Comrade. Shift, shift to you, pal. Gee. Aren't you a goose? No, I'm a gander. So is my brother. My sister is a goose. Oh, well, I'm pleased to meet you. You live here? No, just flying by. What say you join us as a bird of passage? Sure. Hmm. You know, there's another marsh where we go for weekends. They got some nifty wild geese. Oh, who knows? One of them might take you for a, a gander. So they took to the skies. I was just about to lift off when... Dad, two of them. Oh, this was my first experience with man, and I didn't like it. 
or her shooting party, a so-called sportsman. And then the dogs came out to find the bird. Oh, I was scared, I can tell you that. All of a sudden, this giant of a dog spotted me. Unbelievable. I was so ugly, I even scared the dog. I waited until very late. The hunters had gone, the dogs had gone, and then I decided to make a run for it, not fly. Because I'd seen the danger of being up there when there are men with guns on the ground. I ran and I ran and I ran, and I came to a little cottage. Inside sat an old woman spinning, and a cat sat there purring, and a duck, an elderly lady duck, who I thought I'd met somewhere before. The old woman smiled at me and said, What did she say? I asked the duck. Well, don't you understand human talk? I never learned it. What did she say? Come in, come in. Well, well, we have a visitor. Oh. oh, ask her if I can spend the night. Well, I don't speak human. I only understand it. She says you can live here if you like. What she doesn't know is that you are here under false pretenses. What do you mean? Well, you're not a duck. I know ducks. Now I know who you are. You're Sister Duck, aren't you? You're a friend of my mother's. Great eggshells! Are you the ugly... Duckling? Yes. I stayed in the little cottage with the old woman, Sister Duck, and Pussycat for most of the winter. I couldn't go out and was getting to feel terribly cooped up. Eventually, spring came. It filled me with hope. And before I knew it, I raised my wings. And with a strength I didn't even know I had, I flew into the air higher and higher and higher. I made a perfect three-point landing in a garden with a pond. The scent of lilacs in the air, the apple trees in blossom. Oh, spring was everywhere, and it was delicious. Then I saw them. Three beautiful, snowy white swans swimming slowly on the water. I think at that moment, I was the most unhappy creature in the world. Sadder than I'd ever been in my life. The hope of spring I had felt was gone forever. Here I was so ugly. And there were these three swans. Majestic. Glorious. There was no other way. I decided to go to them and let them kill me. Why go on living like I am? So I flew to them. They spread their wings and advanced toward me. I looked up and I said, Please, kill me. And then I bowed my head to the water, waiting death. What, what I saw in the water was a vision. Was that me? 
Hello, fellow swan. Swan was talking to me. You come from far? Yes. Yes, I do, swan. I was born in a duckyard. Oh, what a fascinating experience. May I stroke your back with my bill? Oh, most certainly you may. Do, do you live here all the time, swans? Yes, we do. The humans take good care of us. Oh, how lucky you are. There is so much peace here. Oh, oh, here come the children. No, no, don't be frightened of them. They love us. They will throw us corn and pieces of bread. <laughs> what, what's that child saying? <laughs> it's saying, there's a new swan. Look, Mummy. Look, Daddy. <laughs> and the Daddy is saying, I think the new one is the prettiest of all. He's so young and handsome. Hans Christian Andersen ends the story saying The ugly duckling felt quite shy And hid his head under his wing He was happy, but not proud For a good heart never becomes proud He thought of how he had been pursued and scorned And how now they thought he was the most beautiful of birds And he said I never dreamed there could be so much happiness when I was the ugly duckling. I'll be back in a moment with another wonderful tale, The Tinderbox, the second story. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater will return shortly. What makes Hans's stories loved everywhere is that they're really about you and me. Now, who hasn't experienced the feeling of being an outsider, not being one of the group, like the ugly duckling? I know I have. Who hasn't hoped that there was some magic way in which you could get exactly what you want? I have. And that is the tale you're going to hear now. For the magic machine was the tinderbox. The war is over. I'm just walking home. I ought to be in Copenhagen in a few hours. And then think of the good times I'll have. Oh, Danish girls are very beautiful. Only they won't look at me. A soldier fighting for Denmark makes very little money. And I didn't save any of it. All I got that's worth anything is my sword and my knapsack. And that's filled with dirty laundry. Hello. What's this? Ah, just my luck. The ugliest female in Denmark. I bet she's an old witch. Yes, I am. How clever of you, soldier. Not just a lucky guess. I never met an honest-to-goodness, authentic old witch before. My, isn't that a nice sword? It's got a sharp edge, too. And that big knapsack. Oh, I'll bet the girls in Copenhagen really go for you. Well, one can always hope... But I don't have any medals, and I don't have any money. Well, perhaps that can be fixed. Do you see that big tree? Well, it's hollow inside. Now, if you climb to the top, there's a hole big enough to get down into. And at the bottom, inside the tree, is a big room. And if you do exactly what I tell you, you'll have plenty of money to spend however you want. Well, are you interested? 
Well, as we say in the army, go ahead, shoot. Well, the first thing you'll see down there, soldier, are three doors, which you can open because the keys are in the keyholes. Isn't it dark down there? There are lamps all over the place. Now, stop interrupting me. In the first room, there's a big box in the middle of the floor. On top of the box is a dog with eyes as big as saucers. Now, you take my blue-checked apron with you, you spread it on the floor, and put the dog on my apron. He won't move, believe me. Now, you open the box and help yourself. It's full of copper coins. Oh, this is getting interesting. Well, now, if you prefer silver, try the second door. There's a box there, and the dog on it has eyes as big as millstones. But don't let him scare you. Just put him on the apron, and you'll help yourself. But what's inside the third door? I'm coming to that. Don't be so impatient. Gold. All yours. As much as you can carry. But what about the guard dog on duty? How big are his eyes? As big as the round tower. But lift him onto my apron, and he'll sit there like a kitten. And help myself to the gold? Absolutely. Oh, I'm interested. Now... How much of a cut do you want? Well, all I want is an old tinderbox my grandmother forgot the last time she was down there. The old witch was right. Three doors. Nice doggy, nice doggy. How would you like to sit on a blue-checked apron? He does have eyes as big as a saucer. There you go. Ah, oh, hold on. Copper is fine, but silver is better. I'm going next door. Oh, my, my, oh, my. What big eyes we have. You are a big dog. Uh, can I interest you in this blue apron? Especially made for big dogs to sit on. Now, let's have a look. Oh, silver. How it shines, all that silver. Wait a minute. I almost forgot. The gold room. The dog is big as a horse. I certainly couldn't lift him. Well, maybe he'll cooperate. Ah, see this blue apron, big boy. Hmm. See? He's going to it. And sitting down. Ah, holy Danish mackerel. It is gold. Oh, I could buy all of Copenhagen with this. Now... Take this dirty laundry out of my knapsack and fill it with clean gold. I'm going to be the richest soldier in the country. Well, was I right? Oh, old witch, you were love. I got my knapsack, my pockets, my cap, my boots all filled with gold. And here's your tinderbox. Thank you, soldier. Oh, if, if you don't mind my asking you, what's so special about this tinderbox? Hmm? It looks like uh, an ordinary tinderbox with tinder and flint and steel for striking a spark. 
What do you want it? That's no business of yours. You've got the gold. Now, give me the tinderbox. Well, I don't want a darned old box, old witch. All I want is a polite answer. Why this tinderbox? It's none of your business. Now, look, don't make me angry. Tell me what you want with this tinderbox. I won't. I'll be doing ten mark a service. You're a rotten, cheap, swingling soldier. Huh? I gave her a whack with my sword and left her there. Only one way to deal with witches. Be firm. Anybody here? Manager? Bellhops? Anybody? Uh, yes, sir, yes, sir. I'm, I'm sorry the desk was unattended. You want a room, soldier? Yes, I want a best room in the hotel. I think we can accommodate you on the second floor of the back. We have. I a... want a room in front with a view. Yeah, the higher you go, the more expensive it is. This is Royal Copenhagen. Yes, I know the name of the hotel. This is the very finest you have. Well, may I speak frankly, soldier? I know you have fought gloriously for Denmark. Yes, but... I know what you're thinking. May I just open this knapsack on the desk? I have it by all means. Mm. Oh, ah. Oh, hold that gold. Front, take the general to the royal suite on the top floor. Immediately. There's nothing like money. The next day, I bought new boots and fine clothes, and right away, people thought... He's a fine gentleman. Uh, I think the king would be delighted to meet you, Gerald. You're, you're not married, are you? No, I haven't had the time. Too busy defending Denmark. One war right after the other. Above all, the king's daughter is a knockout. <laughs> she, she's not married either. Oh, uh, how could I get to meet her? Ah, uh, that is the problem. You see, it, it has been prophesied she's going to marry a common soldier, and the king doesn't like that. So actually, he's made her a prisoner in the castle. She never goes out. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, well, have to make the best of it. Which I tried to do. I went to the theater drove my carriage in the King's Park. I even gave away money to the poor. Oh, if you spend money, you make a lot of friends. And I did. I had tons of friends. Until one day, the money ran out. I'm terribly sorry to hear that, Corporal. But until your ship comes in, there is a tiny little attic room under the roof. We haven't used it in years because the roof leaks when it rains. But... You are welcome to it. No charge. Well, at least he didn't lie to me. When it rained, it leaked. One night I sat there in the dark, too poor even to buy a candle. No tobacco for my pipe, feeling sorry for myself. I was all alone. And then I remembered the old witch's tinderbox. I got it out and struck it. It was the dog in the tree. The first one with the eyes as big as saucers. He said to me... Which I knew immediately meant, what does my lord command? Well, I didn't waste any time. Get me some money, I said to the dog. And he did. Then it came to me if I struck the tinderbox twice, the second dog would appear. The dog with the silver. And if I struck it three times... I'd strike it rich. So I did. And the third dog 
brought me lots of gold. I couldn't be more pleased, General. You are back in the chips. The royal sweet it is. Front! I soon realized money does not buy everything. Distraction, yes. Happiness, no. So one night, I struck the magic tinderbox three times, and I told the dog with the eyes as big as the round tower, I wished I could see the princess, even if only for a moment. And in the twinkling of an eye, he carried her in. She was lying on his back asleep. Oh, she was fabulous. I'd never seen a girl like her. I just lost control, I guess, and and I kissed her. Mother? Oh, I had the most wonderful dream last night. Daughter, eat your breakfast. I dreamed I rode on a big dog all the way across town to where a soldier lived. And he kissed me. A soldier? That's very nice, dear. Now will you have honey or marmalade? I don't think I'm hungry, Mother. I'm going into the garden to think. I think I better follow her, just to make sure it's all a dream. King, King, wake up. It's true. The princess does ride on the back of a dog as big as a horse. And she's carried to the Royal Copenhagen Hotel to the top floor. And I saw a soldier in uniform open the door for them. They arrested me and threw me into the dungeon. My luck ran out. The next day I was to be hanged. And early in the morning, through the barred window, I saw the townspeople hurrying to get a good seat for the hanging. A shoemaker's boy ran by, tripped. His shoe flew into my cell. And when I handed it back through the barred window, I said, If you'll run to the Royal Copenhagen Hotel and fetch me my tinderbox for my room, you shall have a penny. The boy got back just as they were taking me to the scaffold. The whole of Copenhagen was there. I took the tinderbox and struck it once. <laughs> twice. Three times. And I turned to my three doggy friends and said, Help me. Save me from being hanged. Whereupon the three magic dogs did just that. Help! Stop the hanging! Stop the hanging! Stop the make of that? I'll tell you. The hanging never took place. The three dogs chased everyone away. And the princess was pleased as anything that the soldier of her dream should be real. So they got married. Just like it was prophesied, the princess had a soldier. At the wedding feast, all three dogs had seats at the main table where they sat staring with all their big round eyes I'll be back shortly with our third story. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater will return shortly. The 
third of Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales is the swineherd and the princess. And it begins like this. Once upon a time, there was a poor prince who had only a tiny kingdom, yet he wished to marry the emperor's daughter. Now, there were hundreds of princesses far and wide who would have said yes because he was tall and good-looking and strong. They would have been delighted to marry him, even though his kingdom was small and he was poor. But the prince had his heart set on the emperor's daughter. Well, how did he go about wooing her? It wasn't going to be easy, mainly because the princess was pretty spoiled. In fact, very spoiled. More than that, she had everything. I said to myself, what do you give to a princess who has everything? I sat in my garden and thought, oh, the nightingale. Of course, the nightingale who lived in my garden. I'll put her in a roomy silver casket and have it brought to the castle. Oh, but then I thought, is one nightingale enough? Then it came to me. My father had planted a rose tree on which grew one beautiful rose every five years. Well, I placed the rose in a second big silver casket and sent them both off with my card to the emperor. Daughter, Imperial Parcel just delivered these two silver caskets for you from the poor prince of the tiny kingdom. For me? Yeah, they're beautiful silver caskets, aren't they? No, I don't know. I've seen better. I'll open this one. Oh. Oh, now that is a work of art. You see how well it's made? You can hardly tell that rose from a real one. Oh, fine. Double fi. It's not a made rose, Papa. It's a real rose. Uh, a real one? Oh, what a shame of our triple fi. Well, uh, better luck with the next silver casket. Imagine that. Sending a real rose. Oh, I'm so disappointed. That poor prince of the tiny kingdom has no imagination. Well, now, don't get angry, sweetheart. Let's just see what's in the other casket. Oh, will you listen to that? Oh, oh, my. Well, I must say, the poor prince showed a little more creativity with the nightingale. Oh, there must be a key or a button somewhere to wind him up. Oh, it's real. The bird is real. It it flew up there onto the chandelier. Oh, boy, are you sure? Well, it's just an old bird. Well, I believe you're right, sweetheart. The darn bird is a real bird. Oh, what'll we do? Well, I don't care what you do, Papa. Let him fly away. Open the windows. Let him go. And, and, and throw that flower in the garbage while you're at it. Yes, but what about the poor prince who lives in the tiny kingdom? He wants to see you. No way. I suppose you're thinking, what does a nice poor prince who's handsome and strong... Want with a girl like that. And you're right. But I was in love. And so I stained my face brown and black, put on some dirty old rags, and rang the castle bell. Well, whatever it is you're selling, we don't want any. Most noble emperor, 
I've come for a job. A job? In that get-up, we have all the scarecrows that we need. But, but surely there's some service I could perform in the palace? Well, let me think. It was a matter of fact, I, I do need somebody to take care of the, uh, the pigs. The pigs? You get board, lodging, a small pittance, but a big title comes with a job. Oh. Yeah? Imperial Swineherd. I took it. They assigned me a terrible room somewhere in back of beyond. It smelled like a pigsty. But I didn't care. The first day I paid no attention to the pigs. They were fat enough and I knew they wouldn't starve. I spent the whole day working with my hands. And by that evening, I'd made a beautiful little cooking pot. It had little bells all around it. And when the pot boiled, it played a little tune. Liber is vague. Doesn't mean much, but it's a catchy tune. Well, it so happened that while I'm giving the cooking pot its first tryout, who should be walking by my hovel but the emperor himself and his daughter, my dream princess. Papa, do you hear that tune? That's my tune. It's the only one I can play on the harpsichord with one finger. And I was always sorry you gave up your music. Oh, that must be a cultivated and artistic swineherd you hired. Oh, Papa, go in there and ask him how much he wants for it. Well, all right, but I'll have to hold my nose. It smells like a pigsty. Uh, good evening, Emperor. How much do you want for the pot? Who wants to know? Well, the princess wants to know. Oh, well, now, now, this cooking pot emperor is, is not only a trained musical instrument. It has other talents. Come over here, if you will. Now, if you hold your finger into the steam, you'll be able to smell every single dinner that's being cooked on every single stove in town. Oh, really? Try it. Yeah. Mmm, <laughs> corned beef and cabbage at the Royal Gardeners and chicken a la king at the Prime Minister's. Oh, oh my. Uh, just a moment, my boy. I must tell my daughter. Psst, psst, sweetheart. What is taking so long? Oh, that cooking pot is a riot. You can hold your finger over the steam and smell what's cooking on every stove in the kingdom. Oh, I must have it. How much does the swineherd want for it? Well, I'll, I'll uh, find out. Uh, what is your price, young man? I must have ten kisses from the princess. Oh, heaven preserve us. I, I won't take a kiss less. Yeah, all right, I'll, uh, I'll tell her. Well, what does he say? Uh, I'm afraid to tell you, daughter. He wants uh, ten kisses from the princess. Well, too bad. Who does he think he is? I'm a princess. Oh, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. meant it, too. She did hate me. Because she was the kind of girl who hated anybody who stood in her way. But I bet that didn't bother me so much at the time. I'll get her yet, I bowed to myself. So I spent about a week making a magic rattle. When it swung around, it played all kinds of music at the same time. As it rattled and the music played out of it, I saw a familiar shadow on my threshold. The princess. Don't stop. Please. Oh, good day, princess. Have you come for the cooking pot? In truth, swineherd, I have. Are you sure you want it? Oh, I suppose it would be fun to have. 
And you've come prepared to pay the price? I suppose so. Well, let's go then. That wasn't too painful, was it? Ten kisses and you got a bargain. Here's your cooking pot. Now, if you'll excuse me, I, I have to make a few improvements on my latest invention. Swineherd. Swineherd. How much do you want for the magic rattle? It's not for sale. It's not for sale? No, I'm making it as a gift for the poor prince who lives in the tiny kingdom. Why are you doing that? Oh, he was in love with the princess who rejected him. Swineherd, won't you change your mind and sell me the magic musical rattle? Can you make me an offer I cannot refuse? Twenty kisses? Oh, come now. I'll sell it for one figure. No haggling. All right. Name the figure. One hundred kisses. So be it. Oh, she kissed me. And when we had reached the 86th kiss... What's this? Papa, oh dear. A daughter of mine kissing a swineherd unheard of. Well, it's all his fault. He put such a high price on the musical rattle. What could I do? Oh, it's too late to ask your father for advice now. You have disgraced our kingdom. Oh, no daughter of ours behaves in such a fashion. Swineherd, out you go. Out. I never wish to set eyes on you again. You're right, Papa. And as for you, daughter, you have uh, broken my heart. I hereby banish you from my realm. I want to see no more of you uh, after sundown. I was making my way, sadly, to my tiny kingdom when I heard a voice far below the hill. What have I done? What's to become of me? I went behind a tree, wiped the black and brown stain from my face and threw away my ugly clothes. Underneath, I had on my full princely clothing. Oh, miserable creature that I am. If I had only accepted the handsome poor prince. Oh, is that you, poor prince? I bow low, do you? Princess, I have come to despise thee. Thou wouldst not have an honorable prince. Thou couldst not prize the rose nor the nightingale. Oh. But thou wouldst kiss the swineherd for a trumpery music box. I would. I know I would. I wish I had not once. As thou hast made thy bed, so must thou liest upon it. And I went back to my own tiny kingdom. For a long time, I could hear the princess singing. Augustine, Augustine, the little Augustine, Alice is fake. Well, I'd say it serves her right. A lot of people don't appreciate the real worth of things or the worth of people until it's too late. Hans Christian Andersen, you see, doesn't always present us with a sugar-coated happy ending, but he always gives you a good story. I'll tell you a little secret about him when I come back shortly.
The secret about why Hans Christian Andersen's stories have meant so much to so many people for a hundred years, no matter how old, is that he wrote about things that really happened to him. He had joys and he had sorrows. They say to get the full value of his wit and meaning, his fairy tales should be read in the original Danish. But we couldn't do that. But we have tried our best to make him live for you, and we sincerely hope nothing has been lost in the translation. Well, Our cast included Joan Shea, Hetty Galen, Evie Juster, Earl Hammond, Ian Martin, and Christopher Tabori. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Tom Bosley inviting you to return to the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater for another exciting tale you can hear through the magic of radio. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater is recommended by NEA, the National Education Association.